0: Welcome to the Physicians Practice Pearls podcast. This is your host Gabriel Perna, the managing editor, of Physicians Practice, and with me today is Dr. David Barb, the president of the American Medical Association, and a family physician from Mountain Grove, Missouri. Dr. Barb, thank you for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Gabe. Looking forward to it.
0: Dr. Barb, we're we're going to talk a little today about MACRA MIPS, uh, the program uh the CMS quality payment program and kind of what it means to physicians uh specifically as it pertains to twenty eighteen. Uh so January eleventh as we're speaking, the 2018 reporting year has begun. Uh some of the requirements require a 365 day reporting. Uh so the reporting period has begun. What do practices have to know about MacRa this year? What are some of the main takeaways uh, as they look to begin reporting for 2018? Well,
1: first of all, they need to know if they are uh, required to report in 2018. Uh, there are quite a few exemptions, including the new higher low-volume thresholds that exclude practices that have fewer than 200 Medicare Part B patients or less than $90,000 in Medicare Part B allowed charges, Those groups are excluded. Um, There are also other groups that can apply for various exemptions, uh, different types of hardship exemptions. So first of all, they need to know if they are in the program or not. Uh, The second biggest change this year is in the cost uh, reporting part of this. That portion was 0% in 2017. It is now 10% for 2018. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, physicians have to participate in that part. As they're scored on that part, they need to realize that there's 10% that is allocated to the cost category this year. Uh, that was taken from the quality category. That has gone from 60% of the MIPS score down to 50%. Uh, there are quite a few um, favorable uh accommodations for small practices, including the opportunity to form virtual groups, uh, a five bonus point uh, score for groups with 15 or fewer uh, eligible providers that don't fall under the low volume threshold and are excluded, of course. Uh, There's also favorable scoring in the quality category uh, for uh, small practices, so all of those things. Um, are slightly different than last year, um, and uh, physicians need to be aware of those.
0: You talked about some of the, the throw-ins there for the small practices, and really since this program was passed and kind of uh, initiated by CMS uh, a few years ago, the the agency has gone out of its way to try to make it workable for small practices, but it's still a pretty daunting challenge for any physician, uh, whether they're in a small practice or a larger practice. Um, so, what's kind of your opinion? Is this still a workable? Is this a workable program for small practices? Those who are who are not exempt um, from this year's reporting.
1: All right, um, you're correct. Um, these programs are sometimes more difficult for small practices to uh, participate in successfully. Uh, they're also, on a per-physician basis, often a little more costly than the efficiencies of scale that a larger group can gain. However, CMS has worked with the AMA. Uh, we've advocated uh, to help practices of all sizes be able to participate successfully, and hence the small practice accommodations, the opportunities for exemptions. Um, make it about as favorable as it can be for small practices. Uh, for instance, uh, in 2018 there was the creation of a hardship exemption for small practices in the ACI category or meaningful use category. So there, uh, if, if a small practice uh, simply can't or uh, upgrade their uh, information system and can't comply, there are some uh, opportunities for exemptions there. Um, uh, some of those other uh, aspects that I mentioned um, make it a little more favorable for small practices. I mean, they, you know, they get three bonus points for complex patients, for instance, as a proposal. So they, they try to make it so that small practices can um, participate successfully. Um, CMS would like all practices in. Uh, the opportunity we've been given to transition more gradually in over these first two years uh, has been, I think, a good faith effort on their part to uh, see that happen.
0: You've talked a little bit about the uh, exempting a lot of physicians. Uh, that was one of the big stories uh, when CMS released both the proposed and the final rule for uh, this year's reporting period. Is they really uh, raised the exemption, uh, you know, floor and-, and allowed for more physicians to skip out uh, in 2018. Are there any potential downsides to this, uh, considering that many of these practices eventually are gonna have to participate in MACRA down the line? Um, Are they kind of allowing these physicians and practices to kick the can, so to speak? Uh, Or do you feel that this is a good move to to allow these physicians to be exempted?
1: Right, it it is a mixed bag, and and you have mentioned at least one of the potential problems, and that is uh, if physicians are exempted, they don't feel the urgency to to ramp up their practices to be successful in programs like this. Um, It is true that we don't know exactly what MIPS is gonna look like two or three or four years down the line. Things can change, things do change. Um, But I think to take the approach that, well, I'll just ignore it and it will go away, is a very naive approach and is probably not the right one to take. Uh, One of the things in the current structure that we do believe is not favorable, and that is if you're a small practice and you fall under the exemption right now for the low volume threshold, but your practice is progressive and you've invested in those things that are necessary to Uh, participate successfully you know maybe you were in the group that wasn't exempt last year you know sort of an in-between group and you're ready to participate right now those practices don't have the option to opt in Uh, if they're excluded they're excluded so we're working hard with cms to try to get them to allow small practices that would otherwise be exempt to opt in and participate either fully or partially Uh, if they're in a position to do so. So those are some of the things that we have seen. Um, There is some uncertainty around uh, the future of the program. Um, You probably have heard that the MEDPAC, uh, which is meeting right now, uh, may have some additional uh, opinion about uh, whether uh, we should continue with MIPS. Uh, It is our belief, the AMA's belief, that uh, we are just getting started in this new version of the Quality Payment Program, and we believe that it is way too soon to abandon the program altogether. Now, we do still see plenty of opportunities for improvement in MIPS, and we continue to work with CMS on making those, um, but uh, we're not quite ready to declare this a program that can't work or won't work for doctors or patients. Uh, We think it is directionally correct. We, We believe philosophically that Value-based payment has a place going forward. Uh, We just have to continue to refine and improve how that works, both for physicians in complying, but as well as patients with regard to the desired outcome, which is to improve quality and reduce cost.
0: You read my mind because my very next question was on the the MedPAC proposal and and kind of your thoughts, which you've just outlined. Uh, So let me ask you this. You said that, you know, there are changes that need to be made. Uh, You know, you have the ear uh, of uh, Administrator Verma and some of the other high-level officials at HHS. Uh, What are some of the big changes you'd like to see to make MIPS, to make uh, MACRA in general more workable for physicians uh, across the country?
1: Sure. A lot of these are around the cost piece of this. Um, Unfortunately, as I alluded to earlier, we really don't quite think that they've got the cost metrics right. The way it is now, um, they often allocate all or attribute all of Part A and B costs to a physician uh, with the most non-hospital visits. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that that individual physician uh, is really responsible for all of the cost of that patient's care and could be Uh, very unfavorably impacted in in those situations. Uh, So attribution is a problem. Quite honestly, uh, risk scoring is still a problem. So we think there's a lot more work to be done in the cost area. Um, There is still work to be done in the quality area, particularly for some specialties. Um, They may not have a reasonable assortment of meaningful quality metrics that um, CMS has approved. So we need to We need to make improvements on that as well. Um, uh, Continuing to improve the APMs, and I realize that's not MIPS specific, but when we're looking at the entire value-based payment approach by Medicare, um, APMs right now are only capturing about 18 or 20% of the physicians, um, but there's a great potential in an APM to be more flexible, more innovative, and if we can get the regulations and rules around APMs modified so that more practices will choose that route, uh, that gives them, again, that flexibility to provide the care that they think is most appropriate for their patients um, and yet meets quality and, and cost um, approaches, uh, that's going to be good for everybody. There's a little bit of loosening up this time around. Uh, for the APMs, but uh, there's probably quite a long way to go yet before those are uh, an option that more physicians uh, can choose.
0: My last question for you, Dr. Barb, is this. Uh, We get requests all the time uh, from our readers. You know, what are some resources that they can use uh, to make MACRA work for them? It's tough for some of these practices. They're dealing with a million things. Uh, they're crunched for time. They're crunched for resources, et-, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure I don't tell you that. Uh, so, what are some of the, I guess, easier ways that they can really, you know, understand macro and make it work for them?
1: Sure. Well, it won't surprise you that I would direct them to the AMA's website. Um, <laughs> we, ha- we have. A- I'm shocked. A- I know uh, a <laughs> wide variety of resources directly on our website that are specifically oriented to physicians and physician practices. Uh, we also have links there to other uh, resources. Um, in fact, we even direct uh, physicians to the CMS website. Uh, believe it or not, the information there is, I would say, relatively uh, user friendly and and
0: now that is shocking. <laughs>
1: um uh, there is a lot out there in fact you know as we have gone over through this past year or so since we began the first pre- reporting year in January 2017 um we continue to be concerned about the number of physicians who don't consider themselves well versed in macra uh in spite of all of the efforts all the efforts the AMA has put into it all of the visibility um organizations like yours have given to it uh podcasts and and You know, all the, all the voice that this has received, um, there are still physicians out there who remain confused or remain uninformed and um, there just isn't any reason for that. The AMA has pulled together a ton of resources and like I say, there are other organizations. Most specialty societies also have specialty specific information on their websites. So I encourage physicians to don't, don't find yourself in a position where you're included in MIPS and have not done the minimum necessary to avoid a penalty. Um, It takes a little bit more to avoid a penalty in 2018 than it did in 2017, but it is not a high threshold. Now, you may not get a bonus, but there is very little reason for any physician to get a penalty in 2018.
0: Dr. Barb, thank you so much for joining us on the Physician's Practice Pearls Podcast.
1: Thank you very much, Gabe. I appreciate your interest in the topic. It is really important.